Hey, it's Josh. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to let you all know that the Vermont Public Spring Membership Drive has arrived. Donations from folks like you make everything we do here possible. If you want to help support our people-powered journalism, be sure to make a donation in any amount by March 16th by going to bravelittlestate.org donate. And as always, thank you for your support. If you've ever spent time in Burlington's South End, you've probably seen a very tall piece of public art, a stack of filing cabinets, some 40 feet high. If you've never seen it, well, it comes up on Instagram when you search for hashtag world's tallest filing cabinet. I've always been aware of this landmark, but I never knew its backstory until we took on a seemingly unrelated listener question. Um, I am Max Porter. I'm from Norwich, Vermont, and I'm wondering what the plan is for the abandoned stretch of Interstate 189 or the Champlain Parkway. Before we get to that, you may be wondering why we're even in your feed right now. Yes, we've always been a monthly show, but that's changing. From Vermont Public Radio, this is Brave Little State. I'm Angela Evansy. And I'm Emily Corwin. We are going twice monthly so we can answer even more questions about Vermont that have been submitted and voted on by you, our audience. I'm going to be reporting these new episodes, and they're going to be different, shorter, sometimes newsier. We'll still release our longer episodes toward the beginning of every month. Today's question from Max Porter is about a highway project that's been tangled in red tape for over 50 years. So long that there's a monument to bureaucracy in Burlington's South End. And what Max wants to know is, is this thing ever going to get built? We have support from the VPR Innovation Fund. Welcome. Thanks to Vita for their support of Brave Little State. Since 1974, Vita has helped Vermont businesses grow and thrive. From agriculture to energy, startups to family companies. Find solutions that fit your business. Visit VEDA.org to start your next chapter today. And Sunset Lake CBD, a farmer-owned business crafting CBD products right here in Vermont. Learn more about their sustainable farming practices, delivery options, and how to support local farmers at sunsetlakecbd.com. Max's question is about the Champlain Parkway. If you don't live in Burlington, you might be wondering, what is the Champlain Parkway? In short, it's a road project that got started in the 1960s, but was never finished. Today, when our question asker Max visits his mom in Burlington, he gets off Interstate 89 on a tiny spur of highway called 189. And then 189 quickly ends at a crossroad. Straight ahead. There's Jersey barriers there blocking it off but you can see the grown-in pavement. Today, city officials say this about the project. We are uh, on the cusp of taking that very significant step of going out to bid. But before we get to what's coming, what happened? I'm walking down the stretch of abandoned parkway near 189 with a guy named Steve Goodkind. He's got a beige pith helmet on, some white mutton chops, and a mustache. He cuts an unusual figure. So what is like the official 
name for this little stretch that we're on now? Does it have any kind of like... I think it's called the Road to Nowhere. It was, I think it was called uh, C1. Full disclosure, I live in this neighborhood. I walk my dog on this very stretch of abandoned road. And if it ever opens, this project would probably reduce traffic on my street. Anyways, for three decades, Steve Goodkind was the guy fighting for this project. He was city engineer in the mid-1980s and eventually director of public works till 2012. So how did the whole thing start? Like, what was the, I, the big idea? Big idea, and it was much bigger than this road. The city, the state of, uh, sorry, the federal government was building the interstate highway system. A lot of it had been built out, but now they were switching to a phase where they were building the so-called, I call them ring roads. It was the 1960s, and this was a new trend in infrastructure. Elevated highways that circle around a city, usually called beltways. The feds were pouring money into projects like this, and Vermont wanted in. It would reduce traffic inside the city, and they thought make the South End more desirable for residents and businesses. The federal government agreed to pay the lion's share of the initially $26 million project. Burlington would only have to pay 2%. At first, the city proposed a four-lane elevated highway that would go all the way from 89 along Lake Champlain up to Colchester. Picture a mini I-95 wrapping around Burlington instead of Boston. The project was too big. Residents pushed back. That's the history of this road. So the city shrunk the whole thing. By the 1970s, the proposal dropped down to ground level. In the 1980s, Burlington got serious. It tore down homes, and it paved the very section of this road Goodkind and I are walking on. But then something happened. Something Goodkind calls the death knell of the entire project. A section of the project's route was designated a Superfund site because the soil was contaminated. That created a huge dead end. Instead of looking for a way around it, the feds cut the project down. By the late aughts, the plan included just a mile and a quarter of new road, mostly two lanes wide. It would route people around the South End neighborhoods, but that was it. People would still get into town via the same congested road they had always used. It was like, what the hell? This isn't the project any of us wanted. It's, it's worse worse than it's ever been. Here on that abandoned stretch of road the city paved three decades ago, weeds grow up through the cracks. As Goodkind and I chat, we pass not one, but two smashed pianos. We pass graffiti, both artistic and vulgar. There's even a low-tech skate park. As we walk by it, two young men give us the side eye. What do we got there? Are they spray painting? I don't know what they're doing. So there are a lot of reasons this project has been delayed. It was too big. The route was contaminated. Residents objected. And the delays have led to more delays because studies get outdated and have to be repeated. And today, there is another holdup. A group of activists, including Goodkind, has filed two lawsuits in order to delay and change the project. And as far as I can tell, these are the only things stopping the city from breaking ground. One major argument has to do with the new route the feds chose to avoid the contaminated site. 
Opponents say it discriminates against low-income Burlingtonians, reducing congestion in a higher-income neighborhood, but increasing traffic in a lower-income, more diverse neighborhood farther north. Recently, the federal government agreed to take a pause and study the project's impact on that low-income neighborhood. This could result in more delays or even changes to the route. But it's hard to know how likely any of that really is. It is time to get this project done. I I do not think it has been good for Burlington that this has been hanging out there unresolved, taking focus and resources away from other needs for, uh, for decades. My name is Moreau Weinber. I'm the mayor of Burlington, and at some level that makes me the, uh, the chief builder of the, the Champlain Parkway. Weinberger agrees with Steve Goodkind. He says the project is imperfect, but he still wants to see it done. And the city is close. It has its Act 250 permit in hand. The construction documents are done. The right-of-ways are done. The utility agreements are executed. I'm optimistic that we will... Weinberger hesitates. He's made this promise before. So have other mayors. But he goes ahead. You know, I will say it. Despite all the prior projections, it seems to me very likely that this project will be in construction in 2020. Okay. Weinberger has been trying to check this project off his list for seven years. So I ask him if working on it has taught him anything. You do see some of the positives and and negatives of of the way we make decisions here. I mean, I I think it's a a positive that people rose up back in the 60s and 70s and blocked the elevated highway plan. He says other cities, like Milwaukee and Seattle, today they're trying to tear down these types of roads. But he says he also worries. You need to be able to build things. And sometimes our ability to do that and make decisions and get resolution is is challenged. And and that, that does concern me. Perhaps if you've been to Burlington, you've seen that bizarre tower of filing cabinets stacked 43 feet in the air. It's on Flynn Avenue on an overgrown patch of undeveloped land right in the path of the as-of-yet unbuilt Champlain Parkway. It's known as the world's tallest filing cabinet. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) There's a big microphone. Standing beneath the tower, architect Bren Alvarez says the idea came to her back in the winter of 2002. At the time, the parkway was back in the news and on everybody's minds, including hers. She says she was probably on the phone, mired in that same red tape that comes with every building project in Burlington, when she found herself drawing. Yeah, it was like literally a phone doodle of a stack of file cabinets. And I thought, wow, what a cool project that would be. That, you know, I wonder if I could pull that off. Within the year, she'd done it. 38 filing cabinets more than 40 feet in the air. One cabinet for each year the project had gone unfinished. Today, the Tower of Filing Cabinets is still here. It's 17 years old. Alvarez has never tried to move it. Until now. Recently, she figured she better move her tower before a contractor shows up with a demolition crew. She found a place to put it and got excited for its next stage of life. So I had probably like 10 days of total euphoria. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Everything's fine. I'll just pop it over there. And then she went 
to the zoning office. It was like, oh! Not so fast. To move the monument to her friend's property, Alvarez says she has to apply for zoning variances. And that is going to take time. So right now the challenge is zoning thinks it might be too tall. So, I know, so the irony of that is um, gigantic. She's hoping it'll happen before 2020. But if it doesn't, how apropos. For Brave Little State, I'm Emily Corwin. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We've got a timeline and a map outlining the Champlain Parkway project at bravelittlestate.org. While you're there, you can submit a question of your own and vote on the one you want us to tackle next. And let us know what you think of this new format. This episode was produced by Emily Corwin with editing from Mark Davis and mixing from Peter Angish. Our digital producer is Elodie Reed. Ty Gibbons composed our theme music, other music by Blue Dot Sessions. Brave Little State is a production of Vermont Public Radio. We have support from the VPR Innovation Fund. How can you support us? Leave us a rating or review in your favorite podcast app or become a sustaining member of VPR. I'm Angela Evansy. We'll be back soon with this question from Eve Jacobs-Carnahan of Montpelier. I'm wondering what it will take to create an effective public transit system that enables Vermonters to reduce their car use. Until then, remember, be brave, ask questions. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.